G.K. Chesterton writes, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. I want to repeat that great quote once more. The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. How true that is. The Christian life as God has intended it to be, it's a difficult life. How do you define the ideal Christian life? How difficult is it for you to live out that life? You know, there are a range of ideals out there about what the Christian life is. They range from the not too radical, not too extreme, not too emotional ideal that leads to social acceptability and respectability. That's a version. And that goes all the way to the name it and claim it and live like a child of the king in your best life ever ideal. Those ideals are not too difficult. And there's not much reason to leave those quote-unquote ideal Christianities. But listen to the ideal that Jesus puts before us. He said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This seems to affirm that Chesterton is right. The ideal Christian life as Jesus defines it sounds difficult, like a life that would quite frankly be easier not to try at all. Listen. Obedience to Jesus is not easy. Living as a believer in this world is not easy. And Jesus never promised us that it would be. But I pray this. I pray that we will not leave this ideal Christian life left untried. Because I know this. When we try this life, we will find that, yes, it is difficult, but also it is beautiful. And when we try this Christian life, we will discover that we lack no good thing. Therefore, as disciples of Christ, we can and we must live a life of obedience. That's what I want us to talk about this morning as we come once again to Matthew chapter 28 in the Great Commission. So I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles now and whatever form you have those, and turn to Matthew 28. If you don't have a Bible with you, the passage is printed in your bulletin. So when you've found Matthew 28, let's stand so that we might hear read together the word of the Lord. From the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter, beginning in verse 16, this is the word of the living God. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, 
I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray, Father in heaven, bless now your word to us. We pray as your Holy Spirit joins your truth. Change us, empower us to live the life you've called us to live. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You might have expected that I would talk about teaching this morning since that's the next word uh, we encounter in the Great Commission as we make our way through it. But then again, perhaps you've uh, given up on knowing what to expect from a pastor who preaches about doubt on Resurrection Sunday, but only because of what doubters do. We, we, we won't go back there. But I have chosen to skip over the word teaching this morning and go st- straight on over to the word obedience, which also is defined as, to, to, to observe, which is also defined as to persist in obedience. So observe and obey, they are used interchangeably. Now, the reason that I'm skipping over teaching and going first to obeying is because I, I really believe this. In order for us to teach well, we must first obey well. Struggling through our own obedience takes away that prideful stagger, swagger, takes it right out of our step as we stand before other people. It takes away that arrogant attitude in us that says, do as I say do, without having first done it ourselves. But, but when we have struggled through obedience in our own lives, then our teaching, it comes from a place of humility and not pride. It comes from a place of gentleness and grace and not arrogance. Our own experience with obedience will cause us to disseminate along with those beautiful, irrefutable, infallible truths that you and I have the privilege of sharing with other people. As we disseminate those, we will also disseminate mercy and compassion and understanding. So, on then to obedience. The verb obey or observe, as Jesus uses it here, is in the present active tense. And that tense always requires something from you and from me. And it requires it of us on a daily basis. Each day, we must persist in obeying. Specifically, Jesus says here that his disciples will persist in obeying all that he has commanded. And so here, yet again, we hear Jesus saying again this word all. And sometimes I want to say to Jesus, you keep using that word. I do not think it should mean what you think it means, and yet it does mean what Jesus says it means, and all means all. And that means that you and I are not allowed to pick and choose from his word which truths we will obey. We've got to obey them all. So I'm going to spend a few minutes helping us feel the weight of all commands. The Sermon on the Mount For instance, Jesus calls us to be humble in spirit, to be meek, to be merciful, to be pure in heart, to be 
peacemakers. He goes on in that sermon to command us to let our lights shine before others. He commands us not to be angry or to commit adultery. He commands us to turn the other cheek. He commands us to give to the needy. He commands us to pray. He commands us not to lay up treasures here on earth. He commands us not to worry. He commands us not to judge others. He commands us to treat others as we want to be treated. And Jesus says that his disciples must obey all that he commands. These commands are just from one of the great discourses of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew records four more, four additional great discourses at which we don't even have time to look. And then, of course, we have to consider the commands that are not part of a great discourse. How about this command that we call the great commandment? Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, his disciples must obey all that he commands. Then there are the parables, the stories that Jesus tells us and how he requires that you and I should live our lives. Matthew tells 23 parables. We're just going to consider one of them. One of the most famous ones, the Good Samaritan, because the Good Samaritan ties in with this commandment to love your neighbor. A lawyer came to Jesus. He did not want to obey all that Jesus commanded. And so he looked for a way around obedience. And when he asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? He was really seeking to exclude some people in his life from his love and his compassion and his care. But Jesus told a parable about love and mercy and compassion given and received by two men from two races that hated each other. Your neighbor's everyone, and you must show compassion to everyone. Jesus says, His disciples must obey all that he commands. And then in the upper room, on the last night that Jesus was with his disciples, he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. In the same way that Jesus loved us, we're to love each other. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. Later that night, Jesus commanded, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. And Jesus says, disciples must obey all that he has commanded. Are you starting to feel the weight of all, all the commands of Jesus? John Piper said that he once collected over 500 commands or implied commands in just The four Gospels, 500 commands in just the Gospels. And since all Scripture is written by Jesus through the instrumentality and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, the commands found in the entirety of Scripture would make those 500 commands found in the Gospels skyrocket. There is a great weight to this word all. There's a great weight to obey all. 
that Jesus has commanded. And we have been reminded this week of the weight and the difficulty of obeying all. For many of us, it's been an emotional week because of the tragedy that you probably read about in Rock Hill on Wednesday. Happened to a family that we love dearly, who were once members here at Redeemer. Robbie Leslie lost his mother and his father. Jeff Leslie lost not only his mother and father, but along with his wife, Katie, lost his only two children. Children that we prayed they would have. Jeff stood right over there every Sunday morning for years and years, playing his guitar, leading us in worship. Occasionally, Robbie would bring his mandolin and join in. And once their father brought his very special indoor bagpipes, and the three of them led us in a beautiful offertory. Katie stood right there, year after year, every Sunday morning, faithfully singing in the choir. We watched Jeff and Katie transition from dating couple when they first came to engaged couple. And then we watched as they stood right there and made vows to love one another, not knowing then what the worse and for better or worse would look like. And so now comes the difficult part for these people that we love so much. The difficult part for us. The part of the ideal Christian life if it is truly to be the ideal Christian life, where they and where we obey all of what Jesus commanded. Among the commands of Jesus that I did not mention earlier are these. Jesus says, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. And I would imagine that Jeff and Katie and Robbie and his wife Abby... And their two sisters don't feel like obeying all the commands of Jesus right now. This is the part where you're supposed to give up. This is the part where you're supposed to walk away. To leave the Christian life untried because it's just too difficult. And when you do try, stuff like this happens to you. I know I don't feel like obeying right now, I would rather hate and rage and lash out than forgive. And I've done all those things, and you can ask my family who watched me do it. Obedience is difficult, but I must obey all that Jesus has commanded. 
The Leslies must obey all that Jesus has commanded. You must obey all that Jesus has commanded. And, and the reason I mentioned the Leslies to you this morning is not to play on raw emotions or, or to show the close connection we have with them. No, it's to bring the reality of the requirements of obedience to all that Jesus commanded to bear on all of us. To say that Chesterton speaks true. When he says the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting, it's been found difficult and left untried. Left untried. Why? Because people try obedience alone instead of trying obedience with Christ. People try obedience alone instead of trying obedience with Christ. And that will never never work. But when obedience is tried with Christ, it will. Here's the good news about this difficult task of obedience. Do you want some good news? Do you? I do. I need some. There are four alls in this great commission that Jesus gives his disciples. The two in the middle of the four are the ones with which we struggle the most, the ones that are most difficult to us. Go to all nations. Not just the safe, easy, comfortable, disease-free ones, but all nations. Obey all that I have commanded you. But the other two alls in this great commission, they wrap up the two in the middle. They, They surround them. They fence them in. They hold them fast. They go before and they go behind. And those two alls are Jesus' power and Jesus' presence. Jesus' power and Jesus' presence. Look in verse 18 at the very first words the resurrected Christ speaks in this great commission. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Not some authority in some places, but all authority in all places. Heaven and earth, there is nowhere else. And the word authority here means absolute power. Christ has it. And when you access the infinite power of Christ, you can obey. When you call out to him for strength to obey, he will empower you to obey. Don't try to obey in your own strength. You'll give up in defeat. No, go to Christ. Then the fourth all is in the very last sentence of this gospel of Matthew at the end of verse 20. Look there. Jesus says, and behold, that means look. Pay attention. Listen up. I am with you always to the end of the age. Is that good news? Jesus isn't present with us just some of the time, but he is with us all of the time. He indwells you, O oh, disciple of Christ. And he indwells me by the power of his Holy Spirit. Christ in you, Christ with you, Christ before you, Christ behind you. That's your hope. That's your glory. That's your strength to obey all that he commands. Listen, you'll never obey perfectly in this life. You won't. I won't because we're sinners. We're going to fail at obedience. But you must never say, I give up. It's just too difficult. No. Instead, you must try Christ in your obedience. You must seek His presence 
Ask for his power, and he'll help you to obey. Psalm 34. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Try the Lord. He lacks no good because he is good. He alone is good. And out of his goodness and out of his abundance, he gives to you. And he gives to me so that we will not be found wanting. So that we will not lack any good thing in our obedience. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things. See, there's no lack. All things that pertain to life and godliness. And that would include obedience. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. God has given us all we need to become more and more like Jesus. I wish we had time to talk about what being partakers in the divine nature, nature means, but we don't have time. So I'm just going to have to leave that, how it strikes you, for you to say, wow, partakers in the divine nature of Christ. But I will say this, that in his divine nature, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing. In his divine nature, he considered others better than himself, and so he took on the form of a servant. And what else do we know that Jesus did according to Philippians chapter 2? You know, he became obedient even to death on a cross. Jesus knows obedience isn't easy, but he did it. And in some mysterious way, you and I partake of his divine nature. And so because of him and his spirit in us, we too can obey. You and I will not lack anything in our obedience because Christ doesn't lack anything. All power, all power is his. And he gives that power to us to obey. And you know how I know this is true. I've seen it this week. This This is real. This is true. Listen to the words of the Leslies. Those who seek to walk in obedience in a situation we think that we never could. Here's the real power. Here's the real presence of Jesus in real time. Robbie writes, Never worry about what to say in times like this. Scripture takes care of that. What's important is that we have the gift of each other and all of you. And as my brother says more than all of us, we have the gift giver. They've got Christ. They have him. And he's not left them wanting. Tonight at 6 o'clock, there'll be a, a prayer vigil in Rock Hill for all the families, for all the people 
involved in the tragedy, not just some of them. And the Leslie family has asked that members of the community who wish to attend dress in bright colors and come in a spirit of joy and hope in the grace and peace we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Robbie and Jeff and their sisters and their families write, our hope is found in the promise of Jesus Christ. And we are enveloped by peace that surpasses all understanding. To that end, our hearts are bent toward forgiveness and peace, toward love and connectedness, toward celebration and unity. As Robert Leslie would say, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, it is well with my soul. Who's bending their hearts toward forgiveness and love? Christ is. Who's enveloping them with this feeling of peace? Christ is. Who's moving them toward celebration and unity in this most horrific of tragedies? Christ is. The Christ who commanded them, you have to love. The Christ who commanded them, you have to forgive. The Christ who commanded them, don't be anxious about anything. He is the one allowing them to obey because they seek him his presence, and his power for obedience. They're not alone in it. They lack no good thing in obeying him. The Christ who has all power and all authority and who is always with us is with them. The power of Christ, the presence of Christ, and the people of Christ. And what a stark contrast it is to the world. When the Spirit of God is present. We've seen similar situations recently, but this time, no hate, no rage, no hashtag, anything. It's got no place here. It's two kingdoms, though, isn't it? The love, the mercy, the forgiveness, the unity of the kingdom of Christ and the power of Christ and the people of Christ. It's beautiful compared to the hate and the anger of this world. I'm just saying, this is real. And it's why the Christian life must not be found difficult and left untried. No, it must be tried with Christ. Is obedience to all Christ commanded difficult? Absolutely. And more than that, it's impossible in your own strength. But you lack no good thing when you seek Christ, his power, his presence. I promise, I promise. And I promise because he promises. You'll find that you can do all things, even obey, through the all-powerful, always-present Christ who gives you strength. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your always presence with us. Lord, even thank you for your commands for each and every one of them. Because though they seem difficult to us, though we don't always understand them, you do, Lord, and you know that living your way 
in this world makes this world and our lives things of beauty. And so we thank you, Lord, that you don't ask us to do these difficult things on our own, but that you do grant us your power and your presence. And so we thank you for that. Lord, make us bold obeyers, we pray. We think we can't, but with you we can. Lord, give us the courage to, to look every command in the face as we encounter it. Even if we say, I don't want to. Help us know that we can through you. Lord, what a world this place would be if your disciples would be obedient to your word. Partner with you in obedience. I pray that you would make that true of us now. In Jesus' name, amen.